Our reading tonight will come from the book of Romans and chapter 6, please. Romans chapter 6. And we'll read at verse number 20. Romans 6 verse 20. For when you were the servants of sin, so this is writing to people that are now saved, but he recognizes they once were not saved. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? In other words, what good did your sins do you? What benefit did you get from your sins? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The consequences of sin, he says, is death. Children very quickly understand the concept of consequences. And I have a memory, I have many happy memories of my interactions with my father, but I have one distinct memory of a Sunday afternoon sitting at the dinner table, and I have no idea what my problem was. I don't know what I did wrong, but it must have been something he had tried to correct me on multiple occasions, and he said, Matthew, we've got to go downstairs to my office. Okay, it's, it's not generally a good thing. We went downstairs to his office. He sat beside me on a, on a couch or a bed that was there. And he said, I don't like to discipline my boy. Whew. Great. Well, this is not so bad after all. We are on the same page. I do not want to be disciplined. He does not want to discipline me. And then he said, but. But I need to. And he's establishing in my young mind that there are consequences for our disobedience. God is saying the same thing, but the consequences are far more severe. The wages of sin is death. It's pretty serious. And the Bible is crystal clear on what sin is. It is when we disobey God. God has given us a law that we might clearly understand when we have sinned. So God says that we shall not, we must not bear false witness or we must not tell lies, but we do lie. And when we tell a lie, we know that we have sinned. God says that it is sin for us to disrespect or fail to honor our parents. And when we disrespect our parents, it is sin. And he says there are consequences for your sin. Sexual immorality is sin. Murder is sin. And Matthew chapter 5 says, you've heard in olden days that the person that kills somebody is in danger of judgment. But I say unto you, the Lord Jesus says, that if you are angry at your brother without cause, you also are in danger of judgment. That is the spirit of murder that is within our hearts. That is sin. The wages 
of sin is death. Consequences for sin. Now it doesn't mean obviously that we die the moment that we commit a sin because we've all committed sins and here we are, pulse is still beating, brain is still working. But it does, it does mean this, that we are dead towards God and we have a destination of a grave because the wages of sin is death. I want to speak of three consequences of sin. Three ways that sin affects us. Sin messes up people's lives. Sin messes up the lives of the people who are committing the sins. And sin will mess up the lives of others that you interact with. That's why the proverb gives us this warning that the way of transgressors, the way of sinners, is a hard way. He's saying if you choose to live a life of rebellion that is opposed to God, just be forewarned that it is going to be a hard path because sin messes up lives. It is like God is our creator. He has given us a manual as to how our life should be run. This is our guide. This is how we should live our life. This is God's will for us. God knows what is best. He is our maker. He is our creator. And He is a good God. And He has given us instructions on how we can live a life that is honoring Him and pleasing to Him. But we have a hard time following the owner's manual. Now imagine if you pull up to the gas station after meeting. And you're on low, you're on empty, and uh, the individual asks you, the gas pump, the gas attendant asks you, do you want uh, regular, do you want super, which kind do you want? He said, instead of putting gasoline in it, do you have, do you have an extra can of paint here? Why don't you, why don't you just pour a couple liters of paint into my new Audi and see how that functions? And they fill it up with paint, and the engine's destroyed because you didn't follow the manual. And if when you're getting ready for school or work tomorrow. Instead of putting hairspray or hair gel in your hair, you decide you're going to try maple syrup. That's going to really mess things up. That's what it will do because you haven't followed the instructions. And instead of drinking water or milk or juice for breakfast, you decide that you are going to fill your body with alcohol. As many do. And the Bible says that drunkenness is sin. And boy, does it ever mess up lives. The Lancet Medical Journal reported recently that uh, every single year, 6,000 Canadians, now these statistics aren't really out of whack, it's just a different proportion, same proportion, different body of people, but 6,000 Canadians and about 80,000 Americans die because of alcohol every single year. Many of them are driving. One in every 25 deaths in the world is due to alcohol consumption. The Bible calls that drunkenness sin, but people say, I don't care. I want to try it. I want to go my own way. And it gets them into trouble. It messes up their lives and the lives of others because that's what sin does. That's one of the consequences of sin. It messes up people's lives and it ruins them. And it's like a disease that spreads through us worse than a cancer that we cannot prevent. And people are, people are stressed and they're broken and they're ruined because of debts. Well, sin is a debt. Sin is a debt that we are unable to pay. And it breaks us. 
It is sin that leads people to, to cheat on their partners. And sin therefore breaks families and ruin homes. And it is sin that leads people to break into people's houses and steal. And if that thief is caught, his life is messed up. And the people he has robbed, their life is messed up. Because that's what sin does. It's ugly, it's corrupt, it is selfish, it does not care about the harm that it causes to other people. The root of sin is selfish pride and it messes up our lives. We have an increasing problem in my city of Halifax. There is, over the last couple of years there has been a, a significant increase in gun violence. And up to this point... There isn't too much of a public outcry. It's, it's just mild. I'll tell you why it's mild. Because so far, every single shooting, the individual that has died has been a targeted person, probably due to drug violence. It has been a targeted shooting. The individual they wanted to die has died. So far, it isn't a member of the general public that has fallen by a bullet. But as soon as, soon as one stray bullet takes out some, some innocent victim. People are going to freak out then. You know why? Because then we see sin spreading. Then we see other lives being hurt. Then we see other people's lives being messed up by one misdirected sinner. And a servant of sin is on a track of destruction in his own life and in the lives of others. You see, it's one thing that we are all responsible for our own actions. But it is a tragedy. When people choose to live a life of sin and they mess up the lives of others all around them. People that care so deeply for them, that want to see them redeemed, that want to see them saved, that want to see them living in righteousness. And yet you go on in your sins wreaking havoc in your own life and in the lives of others. It's a dangerous track to go on in sins. The way of the transgressor is a hard way. Sin messes up lives. And sin multiplies. That is, it is never satisfied. So there is something about sin that attracts us sometimes. Our sinful nature responds to it. Something appeals to us. We are tempted by it. And we think, this will make me happier. This will make me feel better. And so we engage in it. We take it in. And we do feel better for a moment. And then it's gone. So then we go for more. And sin multiplies. And it increases. People reach further into it. Sinking deeper into it. Looking for a satisfaction that isn't there. You think it's there, but it's not there. I used to, I used to live in Murray's hometown of Sussex, New Brunswick. And regularly I had to drive about 75 or 90 minutes to another town for work. And I'd listen, coming 8 o'clock, I'd listen to the national news on the radio and I was waiting for the news to come on and they said because it is that it was something like the Queen's Jubilee or something like that they were playing music by artists that had been requested by the Queen of England and I kind of like classical music a little bit that's what I expected I, I did not understand the musical taste of the Queen because what came on next was the Rolling Stones and I listened to it for a little bit, but I, I just could only handle that morning. Just so much of Mick Jagger whining, I can't get no satisfaction. He kept whining and whining, so I had to change it. And I came on to the Christian station. You know what she said? She sings about the Lord Jesus and she says, 
You are my God. You are my Lord. You are my King. You are everything I need. What a contrast. One has all the wealth and popularity and women that he wants and he says, I can't get any satisfaction. And the Christian says, in the Lord Jesus, I have everything I need. But sin attracts people so much, that's why it multiplies. So they sink deeper into their perversions, trying to find fulfillment and they find their bodies corrupted and destroyed. Sin multiplies and then it gets easier. That's what you'll find, you see. That what seems very frightening right now, you try it. And you try it again. And the next time it's not so frightening. And in a little while it gets very easy. And people become very comfortable with their sin. But you are not created. You are not created for sins. That's why sin doesn't satisfy. Because we were created to live to God's glory. We were created to have fruit unto holiness. You were made for something different. You were made for eternal life. Not just temporary fleeting life. That's one thing. But you were made for something better. But we toy with sin. And sin multiplies. And it messes up our lives. And sin ultimately murders. It kills. The wages of sin is death. Romans 5 says this. By one man, Adam, sin entered into the world. And death by sin and death has passed upon all of us. For that all have sinned. And I have heard this man say on multiple occasions that when Adam took a bite of that fruit, Adam didn't see the graveyards. And Adam didn't see the battlefields of war. And Adam didn't foresee the hospitals. But that all stemmed from sin. Adam didn't see the fights that would break out as people raged in anger, out of control. Like a house party a little while ago, it was in Atlanta, a teenage house party. Two girls get in a fight, they start swinging each other, and in the course of their fight and argument, one of them hits a guy. The guy's not very happy. But he says, I'm not going to hit a girl, but the next guy that I see, I'm going to punch him. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Bobby Tillman, 18 years old, is the next guy that walks by. He had done nothing wrong, didn't even know what the problem was. And when Bobby walks by, this guy sees him and punches him and puts him to the floor. And then everybody else gets in on it. And Bobby hadn't done anything wrong, but now they all start stomping him and punching him. And finally, the mother of the teen who organized the party calls the police and they come and do CPR and they can't save Bobby. Just a drunken party. And the police say, what happened? The police say, well, things just got out of control. That's what sin does. It gets out of control. And it takes you further than you want to go. And it costs you far more than you want to pay. And you sit there thinking, well, I've got it in control. I'm not going to let this life get away on me. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. That's what everybody says. I'll get it sometime. God says, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. And people say, no, later. But God says, no, today. Because sin gets a hold of us. And it, it just rages. And sin leads to death. Ezekiel 18, the soul that sins shall die. 
James chapter 1. When lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is finished, produces death. The wages of sin is death. If your life is filled with sin, you've got a great chance of dying younger in life. But either way, either way, because we all have sinned, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. That's what sin leads to. And it's not just, not just the death then of a body being put in a grave, but the Bible speaks of the second death, that is separation from God for eternity. That's what sin leads to. That's the wages of sin. That's what, that's what we deserve for our sin. Boy, I remember when, when that simple truth hit me like a sledgehammer. That if I landed in hell, I was getting what I deserved. I asked a boy a question today in Sunday school and he answered it exactly like I would have answered it when I was his age. I said, uh, what is it called when we disobey God? And he said, sin. I said, that's right. I said, have you sinned? He paused. He said, everybody sinned. I said, I know that. Have you sinned? Yes. You see, I, I used to like to just lump myself in with everybody else. Well, I know I well, all have sinned, God. All have sinned. But the night I was saved was the night I realized that I had, I had sinned. And I was guilty. And I, I was going to be in hell. And it was no use anymore just saying, well, all the sinners are going to hell. That wasn't my problem. My problem was that I was going to be in hell. Because the wages of my sin was death. That's what we deserve. And because God's such a good God, He doesn't want to give us what we deserve. He doesn't want to give us what we deserve. Sin is not worth it. It pays the wages of death. It is not worth it for you to continue in your sins. It's not worth it. Whatever you think you are gaining is really lost. Whatever you think you are going to miss out on by becoming a Christian, really you're not missing out on anything worthwhile. The wages of sin is death, and the free gift of God is eternal life. This is what we deserve. God says, I don't want you to take that. I want to give this to you. Won't you take it? Won't you take it? I want to give you this gift through the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know why God has made it a gift? Because we are so helpless that even when you want to be saved... Even when you want to know your sins forgiven, you sit there and say, I can't seem to get this. That's why God makes it a gift, because he knows we're so corrupted by sin, we can't do anything to get ourselves out of this mess. So God says, I'm going to give it to you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, I will give you eternal life. I will give you a fresh start. I'll wipe out all the sins. And the consequences of sin I will eliminate. And I will bless you with eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Now you know one, one thing you remember about a gift is that it costs money. It costs something. It doesn't cost you, mind you. It costs the giver. 
And when God says He's giving salvation as a gift, it's a reminder to us that the Lord Jesus has paid for this gift with His blood. So He paid for the gift. And what are you supposed to do when someone pays for a gift and they come to you and say, this is a gift for you. I have bought it for you. What are you supposed to do? You take it and say thank you. You see, I... Well, I know, I was going to say, I believe by but it's more than that. I know that if you are not already saved, I know that it is possible for you to receive this gift tonight. You can have it. God is more than willing to give it. You say, well, are there any strings attached? Isn't that annoying when uh, maybe a store offers you a promotion and they say you... If you, if you spend $75, we'll give you a little bag as a gift. Well, that's not really a pure gift because you've got to buy something to get it. A gift is when they just want to give it to you. And God says the Lord Jesus has done everything and He just wants to give us this eternal life and all He looks to you to do, very simply, all He looks for you to do is just just the way you are with all of those sins that I have spoken about. Just come to Him the way you are. Just as you are with all your sins. You say, well, what? how can I do that? How can I get rid of it? No, God gets rid of the sins. You come to the Lord Jesus who paid for sins on the cross and He gives you life. You say, okay, well, uh, can I take that gift and continue in my sin? Why would you want to do that? Remember, He said, what good was your sin? The end of those things is death. Eternal life gives us the desire and ability and freedom to serve our Lord. Why would you want to continue in sins? Yes, someone that receives eternal life, yes, they will be baptized. Yes, they will want to be a follower of the Lord Jesus. And you will find that you will be at your happiest when you are following and obeying the Lord Jesus. And you will enjoy the blessings of being a Christian. No, you don't have eternal life and keep all of your sins. God washes away sins. No, you don't say, well, I'm going to take Jesus in this hand, but over here I want to hold on. No, no. You come to the Lord Jesus as a guilty sinner. And you let the blood of Christ cleanse you of your sins. Sin kills and Jesus saves. That that makes it pretty simple choice, doesn't it? Sin kills and Jesus saves. And all we want for you and all the people beside you want for you is that you would take this gift. The Lord Jesus has bought it for us and he shed his blood to redeem us from our sins. And the moment a guilty, hell-deserving sinner just comes to him and casts themselves upon him, he receives them and he saves them because the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord.